I was never particularly good at math. I'm more of a words guy. Shocking, I know. While the nuances of language and proper grammar and many styles of writing came relatively easily to me, I just couldn't get numbers to be my friend. It wasn't for lack of trying. I was always a good student. But I would get to test time and just... Can we harmonize that? I was never confident enough in what I was doing to be able to figure out where my mistake had been made. It didn't come naturally to me, and because I wasn't really fluent, I wasn't equipped with the problem-solving skills I needed to be able to excel as the lessons and theorems and equations got harder. Creativity was definitely something I brought to the table. Or desk, I, I guess the metaphor would be here. It doesn't matter. The point is, while I did try and study, I wasn't the kind of person to bang my head against the wall. Math classes did afford one great avenue for illicit creative endeavors that my scatterbrain found very rewarding. Writing games on a TI-83 graphing calculator. So many games weren't locked. That meant I could open the code, see how it all worked, and figure out my own little programs. The popular game Drug Wars actually taught me quite a lot. If-then statements and labels were the key to writing choose-your-own-adventure games. I wrote several games in what would become a series called Cowmania, starring Mr. Cow in a never-ending series of deadly predicaments and potential options for escape. Choosing wrong got you a cartoonishly splattery game-over screen. But they were funny and different, and my fellow classmates were really into them for a while. I started to turn one into an illustrated choose-your-path adventure later, but kind of fell out of it. I'm sure I still have all those pages in a folder of my old drawings somewhere. I got better at coding over time, unlike math. Assigning point values allowed conditional events to take place. Entering a password made secrets possible. I wrote a simple Japanese role-playing game battle program where you fought cute pixel art critters and random attack values and accrued damage were given as you fought. That was locked behind a password you could only get if you beat my trivia game, which was basically all nonsense answers and almost completely built around trial and error and memorization. I think the last question was choose the correct letter of the alphabet. That was a mean one. Talking to Kim Belair last episode reminded me of my own early forays into game writing. I was always a writer. I've been writing stories and scripts and sketches and comics since I was a little kid. Throughout my career, I used my art minor and drawing skills to make some handmade graphics for TV promos. It was always fun when I could put all my hobbies together. And while I didn't grow up dying to write commercials, it ended up being a great fit for me and a wonderful chance to learn quickly how to write catchy stuff and produce memorable content relatively quickly. Kim also sent along a few suggestions for guests on Starting Artists, and you'll be hearing those interviews right here in the weeks ahead. While Sweet Baby and gaming are one connective thread, all of them have such rich and interesting stories. Cool and varied career paths and inspirations, I'm really excited to share those conversations with you. Coming up next time on Starting Artists is an interview with Paula Rogers. She and I are contemporaries, and there ended up being a lot of neat similarities and connections in our career journeys. 
She also just launched a webcomic you can read right now at blinddatacomic.com. It's a strip about her experiences with online dating, naturally called Blind Data. Cute. It's really thoughtful and deeply personal, and I'm kind of in love with it. You should check it out. One of the difficult things about recording so many conversations for this series is that I'm always kind of looking for new guests. I never want to make anyone wait too long or let them potentially lose interest and slip away. So I record our chats and then they kind of sit on the shelf until it's their turn. Sometimes weeks or even months have passed since I spoke to a guest when their show goes live. Meaning sometimes things have changed for them. A project they mentioned as in the works or a possibility is happening. They're working on a cool new project I otherwise would have asked about. That's just the nature of snapshots in time. Our paths in work and life don't stop. Stuff keeps happening. There's another chapter. We choose our own adventure, like good old Mr. Cal, and end up landing somewhere else. Hopefully, it's not a game over screen, but at long last, somewhere really awesome. Writing for video games seemed impossible to me when I was a kid. No one did that. Japanese guys at Squaresoft wrote video games. It just wasn't a realistic thing to consider. The indie gaming scene that's exploding today, the networking that's possible to create cool oases like Sweet Baby, or put your unique vision out there and find a supporting network of fellow makers and then maybe even an appreciative audience. Man, that's cool. It may not have been a reality decades ago, but I've since met so many people who have made and designed and written and composed music for video games of all shapes and sizes. What a fantastic medium for storytelling. It's its own thing. And I love that I keep meeting people from such unlikely backgrounds who found themselves working for a narrative game development company or making their own awesome work and loving it. I didn't plan to become what I became. I still love writing and producing. I love branding, messaging, copywriting. It's a sandbox. There's so much potential for innovative, authentic, attention-getting stuff. I always tell people that my job is weird and involves a ton of different skills and it's kind of hard to define exactly what it is I do. It's a lot of things. Sometimes you decide to kind of go it on your own and see what work you can find. I've been lucky to hear from people I've known for years asking if I'd help with brand strategy, edit a video, record some voiceover for a TV spot, or even an audiobook. I'm actually working on two of those right now. I haven't read that much for a project. Ever. I'm learning a lot about my voice, my recording equipment, the actual process of editing something like a book. It's really cool. And the authors are excited to hear them. And it helps me add another skill to the weird mishmash of things that I do. They all seem to become useful again at some point. To wrap this episode up, I'd like to ask you if there's a particular topic or genre or creative career you'd like to hear more about. 
reach out at SpecLLC on Twitter or Spec Communications on Facebook or Instagram, or use the little contact form at speccommunications.com. Do you or your business or someone you know need some production work done? Or need some VO for a piece of media or presentation? Maybe you could use some branding work or digital marketing help. A cartoon drawing of your cat that you can turn into t-shirts. Whatever. Choose your own adventure. But I'm Tony, and I'd love to help. Otherwise, keep right on listening to Starting Artists. Like the show? Tell a friend or two. Share it with your social networks, or give me a rating wherever you listen. It's all appreciated. I'll be back in your ears again soon, with my new friend, Paula.